Jason Manford. Absolute Radio. Where real music matters. Good morning, it's Jason Manford on Absolute Radio. Uh, this morning we have Phil Jupiter with us. Hey, how are you doing? I'm not so bad, not so bad. You sound wide awake, Phil, for eight o'clock in the morning. Well, aren't I? Sunday. I mean, I am quite perky. What is up with that? Almost like it's... The vicar said the same thing not two hours ago. <laughs> it's almost like it's one o'clock on Friday afternoon <laughs> when we pre-recorded this show. Oh, don't spoil the magic. Uh, well, many years ago, pre-Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross mm. spoiling radio for everybody. Oh, they ruined radio, yeah. didn't we, they? You were able to just pretend that it was uh, live. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Now we have to say. That's all gone now. Those days are behind us where you could leave uh, distressing messages on You know what those two lads need? Haircut. That's all they need <laughs> is a haircut. It. That's it, is National it? service. People with longer hair are naughtier, I think. Are they? Yeah. Women. Are they? No, I'm joking. Uh, so... <laughs> Morning, good morning. I uh, hope you're very well. The show is pre-recorded. We're uh, in our last week of doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Um, so we're in Bristol and we're at Burst Radio, which is the, at the Student Union, uh, which is... Um, I thought I might, um, you know, enrol for something. <laughs> we should. Yeah, we should. that'd uh, so, be great. So please don't text, uh, don't text or um, th- this week, I mean, do it another time, uh, but don't text this week because uh, I won't be there. Wouldn't you like to actually get loads of texts, like, from a previous week's show and just work your way through I them? I think it would freak me out, to be honest. I don't know if they'll like it. It'd be so, like time travelling. Here's a song uh, that's, um, that you'll, you should probably like. I've no idea what it is, because <laughs> they haven't decided yet. Enjoy! This is Jason Manford. This is Absolute Radio. Music so good morning, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Friday afternoon, as I uh, previously explained, uh, because we are pre-recording the show. Uh, not because of laziness this time, either. Not because of holidays. Just because we simply couldn't get a studio in Bristol on Sunday morning while me and Phil are uh, on tour with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm. So uh, the show will be as equal quality. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Don't text in, because, you know, all that sort of palaver. Um, but um, it's very exciting. In fact, one of the things that's happening this weekend, uh, I don't know if you know about this, is uh, it's the Chinese New Year. Love a little bit of that. Love a bit of Chinese New Year. Do you know what the New Year is going to be? What animal it's going to be? After rooster. It's the rooster. Kung Hei Fat Choi. Yeah. Which is me. I, I'm actually the You're rooster. You're a rooster. My, uh, my uh, youngest daughter's a rooster. Yeah, 1981. Yeah. The rooster. Yeah. I don't know what it means, so I printed it out. Oh, tell us about the roosters yeah. then. So this is the rooster. Yeah. Uh, so this is this year. Um, mm. Now, last year, and I think this is quite good, is uh, last year it was the year of the monkey, which well, I that. he's now in charge of the free world. Oh, uh, oh that's right. Satire, ladies and gentlemen. Bit of politics, bit of politics. Uh, the Chinese New Year is rapidly approaching, but before we officially enter the year of the rooster, uh, the Chinese zodiac tells us this. Uh, this is from Laura Lau, a Chinese astrologer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says the rooster's energy is almost guaranteed to ruffle a few feathers. Yeah. Cheeky pun there from Laura. Yeah. Uh, as much as this sign is associate, associated with optimism, confidence, and practicality, she says that roosters also tend to be pretty opinionated and demanding. I don't know how a year can be opinionated and demanding. Well... I I mean, I can see how it can be demanding. I think Laura's pretty much on the money with you, my friend. Well... She says, uh, the good thing is that you always know what side the rooster is on because they're rarely ever neutral. Well, you could say that, or you might not be able to say that. You know, I'm on the fence with that. Uh, Looking at the year to come, Lau says that uh, the rooster years are rarely ever boring. 
So it'll be a year with a lot of action. To be honest, we could have done with a year off. I could have, yeah, to be honest. We could have done with a year of, uh, like, the slender loris. Just a little break A year. nice, big, wide-eyed, slow-moving year. We all just needed a gap year. <laughs> from, Actually, from yeah. yeah Let's all just go travelling. Wouldn't that be... If the world just went, you know what? Yeah. Everyone's taking year, we're all going travelling. Everyone travelling. go for a one. Unless, of course, you're Mexican. Yeah, travelling's not going to be easy. <laughs> it's not. I'll tell you what's going to be easy if you're Mexican is playing uh, up against the wall. Yeah, Wally. Football, Wally. That's going to be easy. Yeah, squash. Uh, why don't we look at the positives of the wall? Oh, imagine the big, long, angry, swearing Mexican mural that they're going to do on their side. My good God. There is a brilliant story about the former prime minister uh, or former president of Mexico. I'll tell you the exact words he used about the wall very shortly. Jason Manford. Absolute Radio. Where real music matters. So former Mexican president uh, is having a total meltdown about this wall, right? Which is fair enough, because it's a ridiculous oh, idea. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea that the Mexicans are going to pay, th- pay for it via uh, import tax and stuff like that. Uh, Donald Trump reckons, his team reckons it's going to cost $8 billion, which is already quite a lot of money. But the critics have said it'll be potentially as high as $25 billion to build a wall... Oh, yeah. Build a wall. Yeah. Right. It's mad, isn't it? But this is my favourite bit, right? Uh, so this guy, this guy, Vincente Fox Caseda, who led the country from 2000 to 2006, he has some very strong words for Donald Trump, including a hashtag. This is what I love about When does a, like a, a, a leader or a former country's leader use a hashtag? He addressed the press secretary, uh, Sean Spicer, right? He said, I've said this to Trump, and now I'll tell you, Mexico is not going to pay for that (laughs) (laughs) hashtag war (laughs) he uses the f word twice with a hashtag wow that is well from a world leader though but this is it's changing now isn't it it is isn't it it's changing i think it's it's just been changed by the way that we communicate with each other (laughs) that's unbelievable imagine the thing is is what is is the thing if you're one of the people Trump hired to kind of do the old research, into, mm. you know, what did he do? I think, you know, from the way he's talking about it, he's going, right, it'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be eight billion. You know what he's done there? His brother-in-law's a builder. You think he's got, I reckon his brother-in-law. Everyone who's got a brother-in-law is a builder. I'll and he's gone, and you know what? We're doing a wall. How much do you reckon it'll be? <laughs> I'll do that for eight billion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what that is. And then it's going to, what it's going to be is, you know, Trump's going to be, he's going to be, come put the kettle on because you're done. <laughs> it'll be that. And then in about four months, it'll be, you know what? I'll tell you what, I was very optimistic about that. But the weather, weather's been shocking <laughs> yeah. down here. Yeah, New Mexico. <laughs> Uh, Trump, this is Vincenzo again on his uh, on his Twitter. He's worth following, I reckon. Yeah. Trump, nobody except you and the US taxpayer will pay for this useless F wall. Wow. I am not paying for that F wall that never will be constructed. Okay. Gracias, Trump. I'll tell you how the Mexicans could pay for that wall. Swear box. Absolutely. He's absolutely nailing it. I love that. I can't... Presidente, Presidente, pesetas, please, por favor. <laughs> I just don't... You know, you think... You've not thought it through. It was like something you said once and you've had to follow it through. Oh, like, we've oh, all been yeah. there. Yeah. But at oh, some point, you've got to be the bigger man and go, do you know what? I said that thing and actually I, don't, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Right. What must it be like for him? He seems to exist 
I mean permanently, like 24 hours a day in the heat of the moment. You know how the heat of the moment, for most of us, it'll happen once a year. You'll say that regretful thing in the heat of the moment. Whereas Trump's entire life, every tweet, everything he says, every hand gesture is heat of the moment. Isn't he? You want a calm leader, don't you? You want a calm leader. Because all it takes is for him to get annoyed and go, right then, we're going to blow you up. And then suddenly he's got to go... Well, I've got to do it now because I said it. Like you don't have yeah. to do things just because you said them. Yeah. You can't apologise and move on. Yeah, I think the I don't know about the Americans, but I'm sure they'd be pretty chuffed if you spent that money on you know healthcare and various other things. Anyway, it is only twenty past eight in the morning. Why uh, you've roughly, gone in hard? And we've gone in big. Haven't wow. We? Usually at this. Are you, I mean, are you working on some stuff for Edinburgh? What is this? <laughs> you know me. I'm thinking about being a political comedian uh, from now on. Oh, you? Yeah, I'm going to put that soft, cuddly, you know, funny family thing man. Family man. Isn't Greg Zabaker funny uh, to one side and uh, and go full on? Political. You can go full on angry. <laughs> wow. I can't wait for that. I'll tell you what, on your way to political, could you do surrealist? <laughs> Look, like Bill Bailey. Come on, do a little bit. Oh, weasels. Oh, kestrels. Come on. <laughs> Jason Manford on Absolute Radio. So if you are just getting up on a Sunday morning, usually we have a little moan and, and what you're up to of a morning. But um, this is actually my last, uh, well, I shouldn't really say this, but it's sort of my last week of freedom <laughs> because uh, when I finish the tour, I've got to go back into, you know, getting up with the kids and proper school runs and all that palaver again, which I love, obviously. I absolutely yeah. love the school run. You know, what I love about the school run is um, never knowing if you're going to be able to park within walking distance to the school. Mm. Uh, that's always fun. I'm a big fan of that. Um, also, uh, seeing really well-dressed people who, like, mums who've got makeup on already, dads who are already, like, suited and booted for work, and me... I'd, you know what? My trackies, I'd, I'd like you to do, for me... The scruffy hair. I'd like you to do, for me, on your school run. Go on. Just, I want you to, to wear something outlandish on the school run. Just an item, just something weird. All right. Just to see if it turns up on the internet. What, you so think like, people... I don't know, like, like um, let's say, like a, th- a, a three-cornered hat. A three-cornered hat? Like, like you know, a like a pirate would wear. Yeah, you just turn... No, regular just don't outfit, mention it. trackies and trainers, but a tricorn. I, I kind of like that. Smart casual. Yeah, I yeah, like it. Yeah, that really. That... Stovepipe hat, like Isambard Kingdom Brunel. We're in Bristol. We're in Bristol. Oh, nice, that. and that's good. That's yeah, good. good link. Good link. Bristol's lovely, isn't it? Isn't it fantastic? Yeah. I tell you what, though, because we're in Clifton. Now, yeah, Clifton is a very hilly bit. It's up the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of stairs, aren't there? I tell you what, Clifton's yeah. like. It's like living in an M.C. Escher painting. Yeah, I went up the stairs the wrong way. I was horizontal. <laughs> that's not good for me. Yeah, when when going to work is uphill and coming home is also uphill. What's like, that all about, Jason <laughs> Manford? <laughs> this happened? Edinburgh joke 2003. Don't know do that. Don't do that. Don't undercut my jokes. Well, I'm not undercutting the joke. I'm just that. telling a truth joke. Cut that out, Adam. Different thing. <laughs> Don't do Adam's that. not cutting anything Adam's out. Cut Adam, out. Adam, Adam's here. Adam's going to cut that out. Adam, why is uh, Adam dressed like that, Jason? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Where real music matters. Today, uh, coming here mm-hmm. to, uh, to Bristol University, from uh, I, I did an escape room. This morning. Right. I can, what, I've heard this mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, basically... What are they? Yeah, so the cast of Chitty were all... They're all big on these escape rooms. Every town that we've gone to, they've got these escape rooms. Essentially, it's a room with... It's like the Crystal Maze... But just one room, and it's like got it's like a murder mystery, I guess, or a, or a mystery, and you've got to f- solve clues to get to get out of the room. 
to find keys and codes and uh, ultraviolet lights and oh it's very it goes fast though i've got to say for an hour God, right. it goes fast i mean i'll be honest with you about two weeks ago i was like yeah i'm up for that i'm up for that and then this morning i was like oh i was like ironically i i thought about trying to get out of it <laughs> but i couldn't but you couldn't i actually couldn't get out why don't you of do, going to the escape room why don't you do that as a thing, online. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, escape room. Jason Manford's tenuous excuse room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I'd love that. That, that should really be a good. website, oh, it? Oh, my two-thirds. Really? What side? Upper or lower? Yeah. Is it a dull ache or is it throbbing? But it was fascinating. It was great. So yeah. I went with, like, uh, there was, like, 20 of us, and we yeah. all did different... We all did the same are there, room. Are there, are there different um, rooms? If I could just ask you. Oh, right, go on. Escape room. You know, there's a puzzle element. Keys, yeah, 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 infrared yeah. lights, etc. Yeah, yeah. Is there a physical element? You know, physical challenges? No. No, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no um, exertion. Nothing's overhead height, really, so there's not yeah. even any climbing. Yeah. It's just thinking, a lot of thinking. Lot and of you th- went in there with the cast of our show? Yeah, I mean, that, it, was, it was a struggle. We got out with four How many of them are still in there? <laughs> Basically, the show's cancelled tonight, folks. <laughs> I'm afraid, yes. We, we've lost both the, both the spies. I'll tell you how you, get, me, tell you, how you get me out quick. Tell them that there's some free Prosecco over the road. That's how you get them out of an escape room. <laughs> I can tell somebody's in the last week of a tour saying whatever you want. Loose tongue now. Last week was. I don't need to like them next week's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was great. I really recommend them. Um, we went to one in, in in Bristol, but they're all over the place. Yeah, and um, they're uh, yeah, they're fantastic. It was really good. Fun. Is it? How long? Do you remember? Do you remember in the West End? And you might have done it. You're you're a young lad. I remember younguns were doing it when I mean. And when I used to do the comedy store, there was an alien kind of escape. Oh, you know, no, but no, like no, the film, yeah, alien, yeah, 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 yeah. The film oh, wow. aliens, where you would go through corridors and that, Ooh. and you'd be chased by aliens, but and you'd be with like space marines, oh, wow. and then you'd be a little platoon with two space marines, and they, right, we've got to get you out of here, oh, wow. and it'd be like a maze, and then at some point, eh, 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 a siren goes off, and then well, I know there's one start in coming um, out the wall, and you I see chestbursters and all sorts. I know there's one in Blackpool. Uh, not a, not an escape room, but I yeah. remember the like an interactive haunted tunnel thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called like Passage del Terror. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And, yeah. uh, and you go through; it's all actors playing like. Mm. Uh, and I remember being genuinely terrified going through it. Like Jason from those films, uh, the Friday Thirteenth films. He's chasing you, and then the the girl from The Exorcist is in a bed, like Ugh, doing all that and uh, cooking socks and whatever. And uh, there's all sorts going on in all these rooms, terrifying. Yeah. And then you, when you burst out at the end, just in a pub. I know, but, this, but this, is, this is the thing. is that And everyone's been watching you on a screen. Yeah. It's not like I don't find Blackpool terrifying enough of a, sun, of a Saturday <laughs> and Friday night. Who needs, a, who needs a theme ride like that? Have you ever walked into a Blackpool hen night inadvertently <laughs> if you've got a face off of, a, off of QI? The weirdest thing about Blackpool, I always find, is when you go into the... Um why the hen night is always Welsh in Blackpool? When you and Scots, <laughs> the Scots love a, a, a trip to Blackpool as well. Loads of Scots. Oh, I yeah. think they are. Or they've just put those tartan hats on with the ginger ale. I side. think that. Maybe I think they're not that. really Scottish. <laughs> but no, I think they do. No, there's a there's, on the way into Blackpool Pleasure Beach. There's this laughing clown that's been there for like a hundred years. <laughs> does this, and it's weird. It's like it's like a bit freaky. And I remember when Blackpool got um, they, they got promoted to the Premiership, and they put a um, a Blackpool scarf. Around his around yeah. his neck, and we went to watch Man City play uh, Blackpool one afternoon, and we went to the Pleasure Beach to the, uh, for a few hours first. It was great. I wish they were still in the Premiership for that very reason. Yeah. It was a great day out. And me and my brothers and my dad went in to the Pleasure Beach, and as we walked in, we saw the clown with the scarf around its neck, and my dad just went, "The glory hunting clown get." <laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't have that. He didn't have that scarf on last season, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, when I was in Blackpool, I went to the the Tower Ballroom where they do oh, Strictly yeah. every year. That I saw a New Order in that room. What an amazing! Yeah, and of great. course, there's a legendary music buffs out there will know that one of the great live DVDs uh, of recent years, The White Stripes at Blackpool, oh, is yeah. uh, oh. is uh, and uh, they uh, you know him and his he really maximised that room. You know, I think if the, we don't get some sort of you know key to the city from the mayor of Blackpool for that, we, we'd really I think we're really big. We have to do a little bit more. I've already <laughs> implied that they're. Hen- Nights are a hazard. <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that. Sunday mornings, 8 till 11. Jason Manford on Absolute Radio. Where real music matters. A little while back, I did a speed awareness course. Yeah. And, I did uh, one of them at Glastonbury. <laughs> you. <laughs> and uh, it's absolutely. I, 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 must, I must say, I recommend it. Not the speeding bit, but the actual information that you get out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah no, exactly. you said. Well, you've been in the car with me. Has it I have indeed. My... Oh, wow. You're very, very dull on the subject of speed in a, a car. I'm a different driver now, though, aren't I? What, 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 what was it the other day? You went, you know what? You're driving five mile an hour faster. Yeah. You know what difference that makes at the end? Two minutes. Yeah. Do you need to be home two minutes early? I know. I'm, well, if I'm, Bake Off's on. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, obviously there's exceptions. But, um, but yeah, I must say it was great. It was very good. And uh, although what was funny was watching, like, two or three of the blokes, and it was the blokes, come out of the speed awareness course and then speed off. I was like, Yay. guys, guys, come on. <laughs> come on. It's not even been five what, minutes. What, that full kind of wheels and smoke <laughs> yeah. coming off? <laughs> and what they did part of the course was um, they did a thing where it said what are the reasons for speeding like why do you speed and there was a, a host of reasons ranging from obviously you're late uh, or uh, you know you're distracted mm. or whatever it is or, or you didn't know what the speed limit was yeah. that, that's quite a popular one somebody put radio 2 which I thought was a bit harsh oh yeah uh, well, radio 2 is always making me speed but this one in the paper this morning is an absolute belter uh, obviously needing a wee that could be one not seeing the signs all common excuses people give for breaking the speed limit but this is a new one a driver in Western Australia told police it was the wind's fault after he was caught <laughs> speeding 10 miles hour at uh, 10 miles an hour over the limit through the town in the outback uh, on his actual on the actual form right they po- posted it on their twitter account the three springs police department it said officers recorded the motorist reason for speeding as the wind was pushing me <laughs> uh, you know what you know what that is he what? was driving one of them ford spinnakers <laughs> the wind was pushing me <laughs> Surely, as you, as the words are forming in your mouth, you go... An excuse that sounds better in an Australian accent, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Matt, the wind was pushing me. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I've heard some excuses in my time, but that is crazy. My favourite thing about the day when I did my speed awareness course it was I was sat next to this guy from Glasgow. Because by, by, by according to him, there are no, they don't do speed awareness courses up there, so he had to come down to Manchester to do one there. And uh, he said to me... Uh, at one point he said, he said, mate, what's, what's the Trafford Centre? And I said, the Trafford Centre, oh, it's just like a huge shopping centre, you know, like a, a Westfield or a, just a big mall. He went, oh, what sort of shops are there? I said, oh, there's a Selfridges and a John Lewis and there's everything. It's got everything you want, you know, really. He went, oh, no. I said, why? He says, well, when, my, when I told my wife that I was doing the speed awareness course, uh, she said, I'll come with you and go to the Trafford Centre. She's been there for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I went, are you joking? He went, it would have been cheaper to pay the fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Manford. Absolute radio. Where real music matters. Your soul. 
Uh, now, I had a gig uh, the other day, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't give too many details away, but um, it was a corporate. It was a corporate gig. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you do many of these, Phil. Uh, Not anymore. No, if it depends. Don't do it as big in the 90s. <laughs> whether, uh, but, you know, there's an element. I, I quite enjoy them. A lot of comics don't like them because they can be tough. They can be hard. It, essentially, a corporate gig is obviously a gig for a company or uh, an, a, an event uh, or something that's not just, just not a tour. You know what I mean? But they pay better. They pay very well. And uh, generally, it's an awards due or a company's Christmas party or mm. whatever it is. Right. And they, they can be hard, but actually, you just got to not... For me, I just think, just don't compare them to your theatre gigs. Because it's not. It's, a, it's a fake environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but generally, I do quite well at them, and I enjoy them, because it's, it's just a group of people having a good time. But <laughs> this one I did. Uh, so I did this one... Uh, and sometimes what you have to do, you have to ring the guy or the girl who's organising it and they give you some details. And the one I did was for very rich people. They, it was like, there was a charity do, they, to be fair to them, they raised like over £2 million worth like for charity. They do amazing, amazing things. Um, but they're some of the richest people in, in the country, like billionaires, multimillionaires, like so rich. It, like, there's no, and suddenly you go, oh, I don't know, what, I don't actually know what we've got in common. You're like, you know, when you're in Tesco, they're like, I own Tesco. Like, there's no, oh, right, yeah, yeah. It's that sort, yeah, yeah, of, it's yeah, yeah. sort of people. Yeah. And uh, when I rang the guy in advance, I said, I said, what's it like then? Who have you had on previous? Is always my question. I always work out who they've had on and how they've gone. He said, uh, well, we had Michael McIntyre. Um, he struggled a little bit last time. Uh, Trevor Noah, who now presents a daily show in the mm-hmm. States, he died a horrible death. He didn't do very well at all. Jimmy Carr didn't do very well. Um, Kevin Bridges didn't have a great time. I said, mate, have you thought that stand-up comedy might not be for you? Because you've just named four of the best comedians in the world. <laughs> And they've struggled at this gig. I don't know what you think I'm going to do different, but obviously at that point I'd already been paid a deposit. So, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I went and did the gig, and um, Jimmy Carr was uh, in the building. He was at another event uh, around the corner, and uh, David Williams was also on. Uh, was was the host, and uh, they both came up to my room separately. Uh, I was in the hotel getting changed to say, "Mate, this gig's impossible. Don't worry. Don't worry about it." And I was like, my God, I went, really? He went, yeah, just get in there with some short gags early on, see if you can win them over. But it's not that they're rude, like they're not, they're not going to heckle or be nasty. They're just busy talking and, you know, what, what do they call it? Like connecting with other networking. business Networking, that's it, with other business people. So they're not that interested in the, in the comedy. I was like, okay, fine, fine. But obviously in the back of your head, you're thinking, yeah, but it'll be different for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because obviously yeah, as a yeah, comic, you like, nature, yeah, yeah. But this is me. Anyway, I would love to say that I went on and killed it, but... I didn't. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> I tell you what, he's next year when Bill Bailey makes that phone call. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Carr didn't have a very good time. Michael McIntyre <laughs> yeah. didn't have a very good time. Jason, Jason Manford. Jason Ooh. cried. He cried. <laughs> he cried. Jason Manford cried. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where halfway through a joke, I could feel that I was... What was weird was about four tables at the front listening and, and, and enjoying themselves. Obviously, they must have spent a lot of money for the tickets yeah. to, to be at this do. And they were listening and joining in. And, and that was... Was kind of fine, but everyone else was so noisy that I couldn't, you know, I, could, I couldn't hear myself think. Yeah. And people were like, "Shh, being like, shh, be quiet." And at one point, I'm thinking, "Are they talking to me or, or, or the crowd?" Yeah. And then a guy stood up. Right, you'll have to put another bleep in here, right? But a guy stood up and he went, "This is the best heckle to another heckler I've ever heard." He went, "Gentlemen, have some." 
decorum. <laughs> I thought to myself, I have never heard those two words together before. Yeah. This is Jason Manford. This is matters. I've just told you about my death story. It's yeah. not happened for many years. It's been a good decade or so of decent gigs, and then suddenly it, it comes back right at you. But surely, Phil, you've been in the game a long time. 30 years. Some great ones. Tell me that you've also died. On oh, no. Um, the worst one I ever had was uh, when I did, um, I did... When I recorded my live video, and you've, you remember that. Yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah, that, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. a good gig. Yeah, it's good. I'll tell you who else was at that gig was Harvey Goldsmith. Oh, right. He came, he, he was brought to see that gig by a guy called Neil O'Brien, and Neil O'Brien said, why don't you put Phil on at one of your gigs? You know, you do these charity nights at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. And Harvey Goldsmith put me on with The Who. Oh. You know The Who, the band The Who? Uh, yeah, yeah. So places, he right? said, would you do that gig? And I thought, yeah. And I thought, well, he's got me it's along. It's the Teenage Cancer And I tell you what, yeah, 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 one of them. Ones, yeah. And I said, what I'll probably be doing is, you know, introducing the guests and things. Please welcome to yeah, the stage lovely. Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. Please welcome to the stage playing violin on this one, Nigel Kennedy. Why? Oh yeah, right. stars, stars. Paul Weller, Noel Gallagher. People of that stamp were on. I thought they'd all been added to the bill. I thought great, I'll be comparing. No, what happened on the night was I saw the running order, and this was the running order for the gig. You know when you go to the gigs, there's always a running order. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, says yeah. a list of everyone who's on and the order that they're the on. Time in. they're going to be on. Okay, yeah. so it said seven thirty, the Who. Right. right. Yeah. Eight o'clock, Phil Judas. Wow. Eight ten, The Who. Oh. He put me on in the interval. Wow. That's what he thought. Put me on in the interval. Yeah. I had to go on after the song, Won't Get Fooled Again. You know, Won't Get Fooled Again. Yeah. You know how Won't Get Fooled Again ends? Okay, so it goes. But you've got Jason Bonham on drums. Yeah. Pete Townsend, Wing Million and Whale on, his, on the Stratocaster. Yeah. So it's like, so it goes, bam, bam. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Jupiter's. No. I would have booed me off. Wow. Yeah. And did they? Yes, they did. Jason Manford. We've just been chatting uh, to Phil Jupiter about uh, the times when you've died on your hole, on stage. It's the worst feeling in the world. I'll tell you what, though, Mm. there's a tribute band that we could do with. The Happy Sundays. What they are is (laughs) they're like a Manchester band, but only do ecumenical songs. (laughs) So, Phil. Yeah. Dying on on your hole. Um, We've we've heard yours, we've heard Mm. mine. There's loads of stories out there of it not going well. But generally what happens is you know it's not going well when you start to lose a room and they start heckling, right? And heckling and heckle put-downs, they're the big... They're the well, one you that can, people can talk save about. a gig. Yeah, because people you can turn it round. When you when I bump into people all the time, that that's the first thing they want to know about. They go, "What's it like when nobody laughs?" Or what what do people shout out at you? And sometimes you can get heckled, and it can absolutely destroy. Can destroy you. Yeah. Or as you said. It can make it. it can, you can turn it round. Yeah. Some of my favourite stories, uh, Heckle put down. Sometimes they're just childish. I posted one on Facebook the other day, which was somebody called me quite a harsh four-letter word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just randomly on Facebook. And I said, uh, I just posted back, I know you are, said you are, so what am I? Which I thought to myself, I don't think I've said that since I was eight. <laughs> yeah. I might bring it back. Yeah. I know you are, said you are, so what am I? It's a classic. It's, all, it's up there with um, your mum. 
which yeah. is always a great one. Yeah. Your mum always works, doesn't it? That's these are like, these are like your basic heckle put downs. Yeah. Uh, that, that any child could use. Um, I generally on, on tour, I don't get heckled an awful lot. Don't make, I don't want that to be an invite, but I don't get heckled an awful lot. Um, and invariably, the the ones that I have and have used, I wouldn't be able to say on the radio. <laughs> yeah, no, the, no, the same here. I mean, there was a very famous one that I I did uh, used to do years ago when I very first started. I mean, we're talking early nineties here that I used to do, and that I've subsequently seen uh, on the David Letterman show as oh, material, wow. um, yeah. uh, as a cricketer. Uh, it quoted in a book of sporting quotations. It basically involves me and the heckler's uh, um, parent uh, and my <laughs> weight being due to the parent giving me a biscuit after an act. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, fa- yeah. This is quite a famous one, then. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, but and the thing is, is even then when I, I, I thought... And when you look back and you, mm. the guy that used it on Letterman told me that he used it because he heard it and it was so good and oh, it, and it helped him out of a situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he kind of he fessed up, yeah. uh, and the uh, the the yes the the sporting man the date he did it was yeah was like five six years after I've been using oh, it. So is. you know, How but funny. the thing is, is that as an idea, I can't imagine. And, and I remember thinking. This can't be an original thought because some. Yeah, no, that's the so. thing is, is when we as comedians are all thinking things. Yeah, yeah. That's why when Twitter happened, and you you used to respond to news events, mm. there would be all those idiots going, "I just said that two minutes ago." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's how it works. People mate. think of the same stuff all the yeah. time. That's what your mum said last night, which is, oh, I remember that. I invented that. Yeah. <laughs> it's about 1989. Yeah. That's what your mum said last night. That's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm only ten, but. And indeed, I totally yeah. did that. <laughs> but it's that. It's it's yeah. It's a funny old game, really. It's it's one of the only things where it kind of happens and works. I'm going to tell you my worst heckle situation that happened about five years ago. Jason Manford on Absolute Radio. Matters. We're talking about uh, getting heckled. It's it is a weird thing when you get heckled. People always ask comics, or oh, what's it like when you get heckled? And there is a moment, it's like the world goes in slow motion. Mm. And your brain just, like, is still going full speed. And you've just got to find an answer. You've got to find something. What I really like is when, um, when people, because when, I do a lot of chatting with the audience, was when you say something and they, like, panic slightly because they've suddenly been talked to. That's my favourite thing. I remember in Scunthorpe once, I said, has anyone else got twins? I was talking about my twin daughters. And this woman went, yeah, I have. And I said, oh, lovely. How, how old are they? And in that moment, her whole world just caved in. And she went, five and six? Like, just lost it. <laughs> just lost it. <laughs> five and six? I was like, all right, it was long birth. <laughs> um, uh, but the worst one for me was, and this is, the comics will never tell you these stories because comics generally will tell you the stories where they won. Yeah, you know, like for example, if you've ever seen my live at the Apollos, um, or even on my first DVD, there's one I say right where I go, and this this heckle genuinely happened. I was in Northern Ireland, I was in Belfast, and I said I was at the Empire. Have you, you played the yeah, Empire yeah, with yes, Colin, indeed, Colin Murphy? Yeah. And I went on stage and I said, "Hello, uh, I'm from Manchester." And a guy at the back of the room went, "Did you enjoy the bomb?" Like he actually said, "Did you enjoy the bomb?" Right, and I. In the, in, in, when I tell the story, I say, and I said, uh, yes, we did. Nobody died, and we got a new next. Right? That's my little heckle put down. Yeah. Now, the truth of that is, in real terms, is that that heckle happened on the night. I had nothing. 
like he I had nothing because it was such an awful thing to say. Yeah. The audience sort of were a bit against the guy and it and the room just died and I died and, and then yeah. I left. And then on the Monday afternoon You thought of that. I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I came to tell that story again, I just got rid of the two days <laughs> in between <laughs> and, and the flight <laughs> and, and put them together. That's how this, is, this is that um, alternative facts I've been yes, hearing about yes, exactly on the, right. in the media. But the worst one, this is this genuinely that's did happen, proper right. post truth. That yes, is, isn't it? <laughs> so this genuinely did happen. Right, I'm in I'm at Dudley Town Hall, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gigs going well, and I can see on the floor like a reflective strip of somebody's coat uh, in the darkness, and yeah. it was bothering me. It was about ten, twelve rows back. I thought it was a bit weird. Anyway, at some point, it moved by itself. So I said. Uh, excuse me, mate. Your coat just moved by itself, and like, and he said, and even now these words like they make me go cold. He said, "That's not my coat. That's my guide dog." Right, and like the whole room just went, "Oh, <laughs> like what are you gonna? How are you getting out of this?" And I, because I'm not an horrible comedian, like my instinct is I'm just gonna say sorry here, like and just say I'm really sorry, mate. And he was kind of like, like he. Like, this guy was killing himself laughing yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah. That he got one over yeah. on me. Yeah. And I was a bit like, oh, I've got no, I've got, <laughs> and the room was quiet. Yeah. And there was a slight element of like, how are you going to deal with this, pal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a real sense of competition in the room, of contest in the room. And at that moment, another, I just heard another heckler just go, how do you know he was talking to you? <laughs> Which, I've got to say, help me out. It absolutely helped me out that day. I thought, if I'd, if I'd have found him, I'd have given me half my money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and it's funny, every time I go back to Dudley, the same guy with the same guide dog yeah. turns up and each time reminds me of that exact same story yeah, yeah, about yeah. when he beat me on stage. Where real music matters. Uh, so, I've gone through the papers and I've found uh, some of my favourite stories this week, Phil. Uh, these are the four mm. that we're going to be looking at. Oh. Okay, so, uh, I'll just give you the headlines. Woman forced to give up home and job to live in a shed because she's allergic to Wi-Fi. Lonely thief steals £34 blow-up sex doll from a shop vending machine, then leaves without taking anything else. That's your second one. Mm -hmm. Spiritual healer cures blindness by licking patients' eyeballs. Wow. Oh, that's horrible. And last and by very much no means least, man says his 18.9-inch penis is a disability that forces him to live off food banks. Mate, take your pick. Wow. I know, right? Wow. Wi-Fi, eyeballs, sex dolls. Giant Willy. Um, well, it's Sunday. What a, and what a Sunday. What a Sunday. Wow. Let's address the tripod. Okay. <laughs> Let me give you this story. This is unbelievable. I mean, almost is unbelievable. Roberto Escoval Cabrera says his 18.9-inch penis stops him from working and left him uh, reliant on state benefits. He is from uh, Mexico. Is he... A jockey. <laughs> He's not a jockey. Okay, no. all right. Is he a motorcycle dispatch rider? It doesn't really say what jobs he's tried to do, uh, to be honest, with this thing. Um, oh, I mean, no, no, that's not the work, unless he... 
Roberto is. No, no, he's a 54-year-old man. Uh, what is his profession? This is what we need to... It doesn't say. It doesn't say. It's just Novelty a... plasterer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he... He said he made headlines worldwide in 2015 mm-hmm. after a video went viral yeah. showing him weighing his manhood to prove its authenticity. His half meter penis smashed records. Uh, not the only thing. Uh, previously believed to have belonged to an American actor Jonah Falcon. What the item in question? Or uh, well, who knows what's happened there? Yeah. Um, so speaking to uh, Barcroft TV, he says, I am famous because I have the biggest penis in the world. I am happy with it. I, I know nobody has the size I have. I would like to be in the Guinness Book of Records, but they don't recognise this record. That's because that book is for children at Christmas. <laughs> That's why, Roberto. Oh, poor Bob. <laughs> it won't be going in. Quite bad for well, him. It won't be going in. Yeah, indeed. It certainly won't be going in the Guinness Book of Records. Make a bookmark for three or four books. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Jesus da- uh, David Salazar Gonzalez, which is all four Mexican names together. Yeah, I'll tell you where you could write that. <laughs> <laughs> we have advised him, uh, the best thing for you is that the doctors give a normal shape uh, so it doesn't hurt you in order ha- to have relationships and possibly children. But he does not accept it. He would rather have the biggest penis in the world. He's actually turned down the surgery. Is I mean, your options it? are your options are basically, um, I suppose. I mean, and generally, let's, let's try and be serious now. No, let's, let's be serious. You're right. Go on. Okay, showbiz. That's it. Because it showbiz. is. It's that. Uh, that's yeah. it. It's yeah, just somehow have Holland. Freak. I've been to Holland. Well, there is Amsterdam. Yeah, you know, but we don't have freak shows anymore, do we? We don't, do we? She's good, which is a good thing. Yeah, but if we were going to start one, he'd be the leader. I mean. If you put, a, like, a sack over it, like in The Elephant Man, and he just walked out onto the stage... Yeah, but then the people it. would be like, I don't believe you! Mr. Treves! You know. I'd, I'd, but, so, the thing is, is I want to know how it stops him working. Well, how are you going to work with a third leg? What? How are you going to work with a third leg? How do people work with one leg? Yeah, but that's different, isn't it? Because you can get prosthetics, or you can sit in a wheelchair, and you can, uh, you know, you can do these things. This guy has got this thing rubbing... And sore and... Oh, no. How well do you know this, Roberto? I, I watched the video. <laughs> oh, Nelly. <laughs> Just untoward. Well, I, I mean, obviously, we, we feel sorry for Roberto and we wish Oof. him well. God bless you, Roberto, wherever you both are. <laughs> Sunday mornings, 8 till 11. Jason Manford on Absolute Radio. Where real music matters. You're the other... Two headlines, or well, three headlines that we had, but mm-hmm. two of the other ones we had yeah. uh, was licking eyeballs uh, yeah. and uh, a woman who's allergic to Wi-Fi. I'll take eyeballs. Okay, eyeball? uh, let me tell you about this then. An elderly spiritual healer claims she can cure blindness by licking patients' eyeballs and now charges them for the privilege. Her powers are so revered that she believes locals will cut out her tongue when she dies so they continue to harness its alleged powers. In rural Bosnia and Herzegovina, 80-year-old... Oh, I, I thought that this might be someone like Chiswick and she's yeah. just an ocular homeopath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, oh, it's Bosnia. Oh, well. Yeah. The yeah. eyeball liquor's not my problem, then. No, exactly. Uh, uh, Harva uh, Celebic, uh, or Nana Harva, as she's locally known, and uh, I'm sure she's known by several other names that we yeah. can't say on the radio, uh, claims to be the only person in the world who heals with her tongue. <laughs> I mean, that's a big, that's a bold claim, yeah. to be honest. I bet there's a lot of people saying that. Yeah. Uh, the frail old woman uses her tongue to remove p- pieces of lead 
iron, coal, sawdust and glass from eyeballs after sterilising her mouth with alcohol. Hang on a minute. Oh, now we get to the bottom of the story. <laughs> Nana, you're always on the gin. Yeah, but the thing is... Look, no, wait. Give us your eyeball. But wait a minute. Come over here. I think I can see a bit of lead <laughs> in your eye. Who's getting lead in there, right? let Nana lick your eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Come on, just hold still there. Hold. Nana, you smell a gin. That's to make sure my tongue's all sterilised. <laughs> Uh, she said, I learnt this woman uh, from a woman who was also called Harva. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot pass this on to my descendants because my children are too disgusted to put their tongue on someone's eye. Wow. Well, Harva, you've, you've raised them well <laughs> because that is the correct response. There's other ways that you can do an eye wash. Absolutely. I mean, blinking. Get yeah, rid of that, a lot that's of this. Good. I tell you, the good one for getting stuff out your I, I didn't know that is you pull the lid down and blow your nose. Is that You've one? You've done that? Oh, no. You pull the lid out and blow your nose. There you go. Well, you'll be doing her out of a job here, pal. I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, I'm just mo- trying to help the good people of Bosnia-Herzegovina, although I'm not helping the uh, off-licenses of Bosnia-Herzegovina. <laughs> you know. Uh, ping anyone out there that was playing uh, Manford and Jupiter's Boggle this morning. That's <laughs> Bosnian eyeball-licking drunks. Bosnian eyeball-licking drunks. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Jason. Absolute radio. Where real music matters. Yeah! Now, the story I mentioned before the news was about a woman who was forced to give up her home and job to live in a shed because she's allergic to Wi Fi, Phil. That's not good. No. Do you want more details? I do. A therapist, I do, because I think if we stop there. It would, yes. It's more, there's more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. A therapist was forced to give up her job and home to live in a shed after she developed violent shakes, burning rashes and headaches because she's allergic to Wi-Fi. Uh, the, to, escape, to escape the signals, the 43-year-old, who also suffers uh, from lupus and receives benefits, was forced... Why have they included that in the story? That's just um, typical. That's just for the, um, <laughs> just the so people we can go that watch... And... It's for the people that watch House. <laughs> Oh, I see. They do like lupus. In they house. love lupus. Never lupus, though. It's never lupus. It's never lupus. Uh, she's been forced, but the wife bought and receives benefits. Like, why is that? Well, why is lupus, that important to this story? Lupus is very much the narrative for the current government. Uh, it's, it's, it's always benefits. <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, but anyway, so just for, so everybody knows, she receives benefits. <laughs> why, why mention it? God, newspapers. Uh, was forced to move into a shack at the bottom of a pal's garden, far away from Harvard. Harmful signals. Every day she drives back home so she can feed the cat. And I don't know why the cat can't live with her in the <laughs> in the cabin. Why isn't so the, the, uh, the cat's like, I'm not leaving the house. Shed. I'm not allergic to it. Jog up. That's how horrible cats are. Yeah. yeah. What a horrible little get. The cat's there, probably putting three or four rooters. (laughs) (laughs) Get a bit of peace and quiet. (laughs) Uh, Take her outside to give us a company, re-exposing herself to the signals. Where's the cat, PC World? (laughs) Come and feed me. Rachel said, at first I had mild symptoms. I noticed when I switched to a cordless phone, my ear would burn after about ten minutes. And Maybe someone was talking about her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I tried to use my laptop, using Wi-Fi, I became very fatigued and I resorted back to using a wired-up connection. It's just very, very strange, isn't it? These things can happen, I suppose. Yeah, you know? I popped it on Facebook the other day uh, just to yeah. see about Responses, what people thought. Thoughts. You know, Lucy Hollins says she wants to come and live at our house. We can never get any bloody Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lucy. You Lucy. It's classic Lucy. Don't be so glib. Uh, Laura says, I don't understand. She's allergic to electromagnetic waves, uh, but the Earth has its own electromagnetic field, so surely 
she, surely she would be allergic to living on earth. Well, Laura, I think you summed it up in the first three words, which was, I don't understand. <laughs> wow, now he's being glib. <laughs> well, it's like when we all get really detailed, like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> That's the problem, isn't it? With the, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm part of the problem because I post well, things on Facebook. It's, it's, I mean, it's everyone's thing, become an expert. I mean, it's a discussion point, isn't it, yeah. really? It, it's everywhere, and, and so the questions that sort of raise themselves... Mm. I mean, there's there's Wi-Fi, and then there's the presumably it's not the same as your 3G. I guess you're, you're, not, you're yeah. in the air generally stuff. When you're in a a kind of a hot Wi-Fi zone, and it gets good, gets a good four bars. Yeah. Well, Sarah Higgins says I I really don't know about this. Again, I like the fact that people are qualifying their statements. Yeah. I don't really know about this. We could stop reading there, Sarah. Uh, but I do remember feeling very ill in a Thurrock car park where there were electricity lines all around me, far more than usual. But it was okay when we got away from the car park but normal life stuff if it's disrupting bees isn't it possible well, it's affecting it? no, well, us no um, and my old man's a surveyor and uh, he, it's uh, people very big on not having houses near power lines and it's a, it was a big study thing wasn't it well yeah. maybe Wi-Fi is, is the new version of that Whoa. are you allergic to anything me yeah. penicillin and glibness oh you I am I'm allergic to um, the Toyota Prius I've found yeah, and I'm not even making that up. Like, genuinely, every time I get into one of them, like, battery cars... Yeah? I feel a little bit sick in the back. And, and I don't just mean, like, in a Top Gear, like, <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson sort of like, this car makes me feel sick! Like, I genuinely... There's something about... I don't know, the movement of it or something. I don't that's know. A, that's a very good Clarkson you do there. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just constantly... Like, I hate this car, I hate everybody. Again, he's another, he's another one of those... He's a heat-of-the-moment man. 24-7 heat-of-the-moment. <laughs> Never calms down. <laughs> this is... Jason Manford. This is... Matters. Hello, it's Jason Manford on Absolute Radio, and we are pre-recording this show with Phil Jupiter's uh, in Bristol at Bristol mm. University Student Union at Burst Radio. Yeah, uh, their uh, their SU is uh, we're in their rooms, and um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's kind of interesting because obviously this is like the first time a lot of these guys will have done radio. Not that I'm well, like an old it's, hand uh, it or anything. Uh, back when I worked for another network, uh, yes. we used to do um, outside broadcast. Yeah, but because they wouldn't give us the money to kind of take a team out with us. I mean, I did my very last show, I did from my kitchen at home. <laughs> right. And we got BBC engineers and everything to trick it out. It was lovely. It was really good fun. But student radio stations are a good resource around the UK. There's loads of them. It's where people do a lot of their first radio. Yeah. So I'd turn up, bloke off the telly, come do yeah. some radio in their radio station. They had a laugh and they'd all come in and, and we'd do the show from their station. I did, sh- I did Shock Radio, mm-hmm. which yeah. was Salford University's oh, yeah. uh, radio station. I did the breakfast did show. Yeah. How long for? Uh, for a, uh, about about a year. Wow. And uh, I used to do the breakfast show, but because it was a student radio, it didn't start till half ten. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is true. right. And then half yeah. ten till one o'clock. Yeah. Here on the breakfast show, honestly, because we we turn up <laughs> we turn up to start. We went on air at seven, and we turn up at six to start. Their faces, most of them, have stayed up from the night before. Of course, yeah. I like the fact that on the wall here, there's like. Um, a list of things like there's a thing on the wall that says struggling with what to say question yeah. mark and then there's like tease what's still to come on your show well I mean already I've failed on that because yeah. I never know what's coming on my show you never do uh, what other shows are coming up today well Sarah Champion is after on uh, 11 o'clock there's rock and roll uh, what's it called rock and roll, rock and roll football. football that's the one with uh, Pete uh, that's at 2 
Yeah, I'm nailing it. I know there's all this stuff. I mean, there's some other great advice here. Go on. What are other people talking about? I'm not sure. Not a clue. No idea. Most shared on Facebook and Twitter, headlines, BuzzFeed, The Poke. It's just a rip. You're saying things like Nana's there. <laughs> the Poke, BuzzFeed. That's how I talk. <laughs> like Peter Kay's dad. Time. This is... Um, Buzz and is, feed. That's an old voice. Together. So it's like, um, <laughs> tease what's still to come on your show. Always have a plan. Always have a plan. Always have a plan. That is good advice, that. Talk about the music. It says, thoughts on the song. Has the artist been in the press recently? Are they on tour? Hold on, there's a sheet of paper behind this computer you can't see. It says, is your nan nearby? Do you have an egg? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's it's all good advice. I mean, I suppose it's just those things, but if you are some of them, wants to do radio and never done it before. Yeah. You That's all good advice. In, then. Yeah, Don't say everything stuff. at once. Keep yeah. everything short and sweet. Make sure you break up what you're saying and play oddly, songs. Oddly enough, next week, Jason Manford's show, uh, for a refreshing change of pace, he is going to say absolutely everything I'm just in the first all... minute. <laughs> yeah. and just, I think there's quite a lot of people who would like that. And then just... Just two and a half hours of songs. Every so often you get a text from someone that'll say, just play music, and you're like... You're, you're thinking you of... Got, this is people that haven't got um, yeah. iPods or yeah. Shuffle. Get on Spotify, son. Yeah. <laughs> Clamber over. One bloke said to me, oh, all you do is talk about yourself. I'm like, it's called the Jason Manford Show. <laughs> <laughs> Who's you want it to be about? Jason Manford. Absolute Radio. Where real music matters. My kids went back to their mums uh, the other day, my, mm-hmm. my four eldest kids and uh, there was a moment where because I knew I was going away for the last like 10 days of this tour um, and then we've got a big holiday and all that all that's coming but I knew I wasn't really going to see them for like 10 days so my six-year-old she gave me the biggest hug she gave me a, such a massive hug and I had a little tear in my eye um, and it just went on for ages and we just like held each other it was lovely and she said she went daddy I can't let go and I was like well up, and I was like me too, I can't let go either. And she went, no, I can't, because my hair's stuck on your zip, on the... <laughs> on, your, on your hoodie. And it was stuck on my hoodie zip. Yeah, and yeah. I undercut you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. And then it took another good five minutes to try and free her. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I'll tell you what, those kids' hair, Velcro, wow. Yes, yeah. Some of the Velcro... I mean, what, presumably the cheaper Velcro, the good Velcro, just... The one thing that I... Uh, you know what's worse? Got Other people's kids getting caught to your Velcro on pockets. <laughs> as they walk past. As you walk past, you're suddenly attached to a toddler. <laughs> oh, madam, madam! <laughs> is this yours? This is like when the FBI att- attack people in an airport. You stand there with your hands up going, it's not me, I'm not doing anything, really. Come on, take your kid away, leave me alone. That is the crazy world we live in. I, um, I, yeah, I, I do find it quite a bit with the, the kids' hair. I must say, this is a good tip, actually, for any dad... Who is um, who's who's recently single? Right, this is a great tip yeah. uh, from me to you, and I did it, and it was a, and it was it helped me massively. When you first live by yourself after being, i.e., with your uh, with someone forever, either your wife or your mom or whoever it's been, and there is some blokes who don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. they don't yeah, know what you're doing, absolutely, right down to the cooker and the washing machine. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, when it came to the kids, I, it was only then that I realised how much my uh, my wife used to do, right? and, uh, and and obviously still does. Um, and the hair, 
I realised was the biggest, one of the biggest stumbling blocks because it's every day, every day, the combing and the brushing and the washing and the the conditioning and the putting into uh, ponytails and plaits and all these things. And I didn't know what to do at all. And somebody said to me, why don't you ask a hairdresser? So I rang up a local hairdresser and I said to her, look, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to the kid's hair. Can you teach me? And she gave me... Uh, I did two three-hour lessons on hair. And I went to her uh, to the salon and I learned how to French braid and uh, plait, French plait, sorry, and braid and uh, and do all these things. And now I can do all Could these things. Could you do me a little finger? I'm not going to plait your beard. No. <laughs> Could you grow a little moustache? Why? And get a boofy shirt. Girls, it's time to do your hair. Oh, you want me to be full-time? Be a proper full-time hairdresser. I could see the logo now. It's a brilliant... I wish someone would have said it to me hair earlier. Hair apparent by Jason. <laughs> Deb and hair. I like those. I like a... a, a I mean, that, if we were live, yeah. that would fly. Oh, that, oh we'll, the hairdressers' oh, we we'll love a hairdresser part. Uh, we we'll love a Maybe next week. Part. Maybe next week. Anyway, yeah. next week for uh, Divorced Dads, more <laughs> top tips yeah, from yeah. me. And now the four, the four food groups yeah. for Divorced Dads are... Oh. <laughs> Crisps, chips, triple cooked chips, and pasta. <laughs> they got me through some dark times, man. <laughs> Jason Manford on Absolute Radio. A weird thing happened to me, Phil. I know it often does on this show, but a really weird thing happened to me uh, recently. So I'm looking at. Um, moving home, right? And uh, we, the house is up for sale and all that sort of stuff. That's all going fine. But trying to find a new house is hard work. It's hard work, isn't it? When oh, you've yeah. been in, in oh, one yeah. house. And obviously, I'm trying to find a house that can fit five kids in and a trampoline. Not in the house. I'll go in the garden. I'm not yeah. crazy. I'm not. I'm not Tom Hanks in big. And uh, so I've been looking for these houses, right? And various things I've been looking at, you know, around the sort of uh, Stockporty area. There's two things that are weird, right? Firstly, estate agents who lie. You think it's a, a stereotype and you think that that doesn't really happen, but they do. Mm-hmm. At least two houses, I, took, I rocked up at and was like, this is not the house that was in the picture when I looked at Right Move. One yeah. of them, I, I pulled up outside, she came, she went, Mr. Manford, I went, this is not for me. Drove off. Just drove off. Just left her. But you, li- you lied. I felt like shouting, you lied. And I got up on a Sunday for this. Um, but the other thing that happens is the people who own the house sometimes take you around. And that is weirder. Because at least with an estate agent, you can just do that. You can just halfway through just go, do you know what? This is not for me. Yeah. But when it's someone's home, yeah. you have to keep looking. Oh, yeah. And you've got to be interested in their parquet floor and the, yeah. the windows and how old they are and the yeah. sash thing and, and the roof and when the extension got put in. and all, You've got to be interested. Oh, right. Oh, really? Because oh, you, right. you turn into the destroyer of their family memories. Yes, of course. That's what you are. Oh, I'll rip that out. Yeah. Now, and my this- child actually <laughs> used their hand to, to make this repeated print on the coving here. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll be tearing that out. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to put the yeah, telly there, love. That there. Oh, those, are they, is that shoe print? there in that step yeah oh yeah we'll have to plaster over that that's coming this, we, my knowledge of building i'm plastering a floor like that's it. how much i know <laughs> yeah. about building we did we looked at one where um the woman said she was very lovely and uh and we looked around the house and it was all fine and then she said um she said right i'll, I'll leave you up here to have a little look around and and, and get a feel for the place and uh, I'll, I'll wait for you downstairs and we both my partner both were just like we just stand here for three minutes and then go downstairs. <laughs> like, we were, like, we've already decided, yeah. but we had to just stand there for a minute. But anyway, that is not the weirdest thing that happened. The weirdest thing that happened was this, right? We went to see this house 
and the estate agent uh, let us into this house and it was very nice little driveway and stuff like that and uh, I'm downsizing a little bit and uh, so I've gone up there and I've gone in and she said uh, she said oh this is this is for sale right away you know you can be all this so I said oh great 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 looking round there's no furniture there's nothing in the place it's empty I was like all oh, right great looking round and go up the kitchen's very nice and only a little garden but that's fine for us go up the stairs into the bathroom oh, very nice like that she went and this is the master bedroom <laughs> she walked in and she went ah and there was a man in the bed Phil what a man was in the bed what I know right what I thought you were going to go into the cellar and there was the gate to hell no <laughs> I think I would have preferred that because <laughs> this man slept commando as well oh Nelly and he, we looked at each other there was a brief moment where we stared at each other me and this man did he clock you Yes. Yes. And he said these brilliant words, and he went, are you going to use this in your set? <laughs> Good morning, sir. I said, my set, listen to Absolute Radio on Sunday, pal. <laughs> Jason, Jason. Absolute Radio. Sanford. Where real music matters. You're, uh, you're selling a house, aren't you, and buying a new one, yeah, and all that sort yeah. of stuff, going through yeah. all that palaver. Going through that. What's weird, weird when you yeah what's weird the other thing i realized because i was looking at all these i looked at this like 16th century farmhouse then i looked at this like semi-detached victorian then i looked at this like middle terrace townhouse uh, from the 1930s and, all the, and then I, I what i've realized about myself is i don't care about old things that's what I've realised. I don't Man, that care. Cut, that cuts deep. I know you, and I know you like art and history and all these things. No, I, I mean, like those I mean, things I as mean, well. I mean me. Oh, you? No, you're fine. You're not old. I'm talking about really old, really old things. When you go into these houses and they go, and these are the classic things that we got. I go, actually, why everything else in your life? Why was it then the other day you said to me, Phil, tell me about Rubik's cubes, <laughs> and then you sit with both your hands on your chin and you stare at me? I do. I like listening to stories of back in the day. Phil, tell me about the miners' strike. <laughs> What I don't, what I don't understand is everything else in your life, right? You try and get as new as possible, apart from your house, where you try and get an old one, and you come in and they're like, oh, the door, the floor's not level, and the door doesn't shut properly, and this window is drafty, and and I went and looked at a dun 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 a new build of a new house, and I thought, I'm just going to get this one because this is new, and all the lines are straight, and the floor's flat, and it's. It's not going to cost me anything to have it done up or anything. Phil, is it true that Paul Weller was in a band before the Stale Council? (laughs) I think that's the future for me. And the other thing I noticed was I was trying to buy a house that was in the middle of nowhere so I didn't have have to see people. And I (laughs) realised... And I realised... Jason Manford, live from the yurt, here (laughs) on the South Island of New Zealand. And I realised that um, I was being very selfish to my children. (laughs) Actually, they probably would like neighbours and other children to play with. Just you, standing on your porch with your shotgun. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, maybe we should actually live live near other people. That's my new tip. But it's nice to go to to have a little look around, because I do spend... One of my hobbies uh, of an evening uh, is um, spending... Uh, at least two hours a night on right move. Uh, well, just well, now, how, here's look. the thing: is, is Sarah Pascoe did say to me is that these moving mm. uh, websites, that's the, the moving websites, are to women what uh, pornography on the internet is to men. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can see it. I can see because the amount of times uh, that I've been on the right move, and uh, what's fascinating is what looking at houses that you definitely can't afford. 
Like the well, massive when ones. When you come into the room and your partner, she suddenly starts to that top and I go, what were you looking at? And they go, nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Houses, that's what, what that is. It's attached house in Wimslow. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty get. <laughs> Music matters. Well, so we've just finished. The, I don't know how many shows we've done. Three hundred shows, something like that. Yeah, a lot of the cast have done nearly five hundred. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot yeah. of shows happening. Uh, we've got Barbara Broccoli coming to see the show on Tuesday night. Indeed, the uh, the big producer of James Bond yeah. and uh, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So it's, it's a big week, big finish here in Bristol. Um, what are your memories of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? What do you remember from this tour when we when we've been together? Well, it, it was, was it was a lot because I, I didn't know the show, did I? Mm, I, did, no, I you came into it. Film, this is you? the only version I've ever seen. Is the one I'm in. Yes, I've never seen the film. Still haven't. No, there was always a thought in my mind that you know at the end of the tour. You know, I'm going to watch the film, and that is not going to happen. <laughs> no, I feel very much like yeah. you might be over. I it. think I need just a little, a, th- a bit of distance, and yes. then I think when it comes on the telly, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely it's have. It's nice a look. just to see it. You know, I mean, you're playing the Baron, a, a petulant, childish. Uh, ruler of, yeah. a, of, a, of, a, of a country who yeah, doesn't yeah. like other countries. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's pretty just surreal. get that on the news now, <laughs> won't I, really? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just get that. Yeah, no, I am going to miss flying in a car when I'm stuck in traffic, I must say. Oh, yeah. That's gonna, I'm going to miss that. That but, was um, very reliable, that car, wasn't it? She was fabulous, like a she Volvo, She didn't give she? you one night off. No, she was... I know. When I, when I originally agreed to do Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, when they asked me to do it, I rang Michael Ball, who... He'd been in the original uh, when they when they did it at the Palladium, and he said, "Ah, do you know what? One in ten shows, the car breaks, you get the night off. <laughs> Not once has she broke down." Oh, he lied to me. Damn you, ball! Damn you, ball! Again. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's been really fab. And thank you for anyone who's been to see the show and uh, has come along and supported us. It, thank you for coming because it's just been it's been wonderful, hasn't it? I've never done any. I've never done a show kids can come to before. That's yes, a refreshing change. I tell you what, I really, I loved yesterday. We had every so often they have these relaxed performances, and uh, which means people on uh, you know uh, with autism or disabled mm, people yeah. uh, come and see the show, and the lights are up and they take some of the big noises out and stuff yeah. like that. But every so often, just at a regular show, you would get somebody with special needs yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah. audience, right? And there was a guy yesterday in the audience who was making the loudest noises, uh, like mid-show, like really big noises. And like the, the timing on the guy was impeccable. Was mm. Right before punchlines, yeah. any silence. Yeah. At one point, he shouted Chitty Chitty Bang Bang before I'd named the car. Yeah. Like, he was amazing. And afterwards, I met at, at stage door, I met the mum the and the... And the guy yeah. was there, and she said to me, she went, oh, I'm really sorry uh, if my lad interrupted the show at all. And I said to her, never apologise, because yeah. any reaction, when you're on, and I'll say this to anybody who's out there who's, who's thinking, oh, I don't want to take my son or daughter or, or partner or whoever to a show because they might disturb it with the noises they make or whatever like that. Don't worry about that. It does not throw us on stage at all. We know the show inside out. You will never, ever throw us it's totally fine and actually those noises those weird random noises that they make in the audience just mean that we go they're enjoying it that much yeah. that is how they're expressing it and it's actually it's actually a nice thing so please never feel like that please go and see as much theatre as you can Sarah Champions up after 11 o'clock Phil Gibson 
The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> I'm just going to get my cloven hooves out of this place. <laughs> God bless you. And I will see you live next week on Absolute Radio. Have a lovely rest of your Sunday. Jason Manford. Absolute Radio. Where real music matters.